All right, let's see if it's recording now. Yeah, it's recording. So, dude, I don't know why, but the first five to like nine seconds of when I start recording on this, like via Skype or whatever, the first five or nine seconds are so fucked up and modulated, and then it like evens out on its own. I don't know what the fuck that is, but welcome back to another episode of Just F and Send It podcast. As you hear, number one, crack open. Mm. And Jeffrey, but I'm drinking. Uh, Delicious. 1985. Tonight, we got me uh, one of the other of the three. <laughs> you got some volatinos from the airplane. We have uh, Captain uh, Jeffrey Tripp, uh, one of the other three musketeers. Um. So, uh, Jeff, where where are you right now, buddy? I am sitting at a Hampton Inn in Chickacosh, Oklahoma. What you doing in Chupacabra, Oklahoma? Getting ready for the PRS finale. The finale. Yeah, nice. The, the, the biggest two-day event of the year. Dude, uh... I, for one, I want to say I'm I'm proud of you, proud of you for for making it and then going and doing it. Because if I, if I had gotten the invitation this year, I'd be like, hmm, that's nice, and that would be about as far as it would go. Because I'm not going to Oklahoma to shoot and get my dick kicked in, but I'm glad I'm glad you're going. I'm proud of you for going. Well, I mean, getting it kicked in here is the same as getting it kicked in at home. It's a lot cheaper at home, though. <laughs> a lot yeah, less. Yeah, I mean, this. I will say this is not a. At least for me, coming from North Carolina, to get out here, and I flew. I mean, it, it was not a it, not a cheap undertaking. Mm-mm. Um. Not as expensive as for some, I'm sure. Yeah. But it, 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 two guys driving in a truck or three guys driving in a truck out here would make a lot more sense than everybody jumping on a plane. But then you're adding three, four days to the trip. I mean, depending on where you're going, uh, absolutely. That's a hell of a fucking drive. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like 20, 20 some hours. Yeah, 22 hours, hours, something like that. Yeah, fuck that. I mean, but, I got here in three and a half hours a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll take that trip all day. Fuck, like dude. Hours. Fuck, dude. I, I pro- if I was, <laughs> was going to go, if I had to go to the finale for one reason or another, I, I would have paid double what you paid before driving that, fuck, that fucking trip. There's no way. I mean, it, I'd, I'd have a good time. I don't mind driving. I, it'd be a fun <laughs> trip to drive out here. But it's also nice just land, get a car, hotel. Um, I got a, had a half a day to relax here. Sober up a little bit. Yeah, for, we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. So before, <laughs> before, before we get going... Before we get going too uh, too deep into what's going on now in the finale this weekend and everything, we're gonna do a we're gonna do kind of a 
a, a recap of of last weekend. Um, and uh, I haven't I haven't done if I feel like it's been a year since I did a podcast, one with Josh, my last one, and I, and I apologize, folks, but it's you know tis the season, it's fucking Christmas and uh, shit at work and and a match. We had a match last weekend and everything and, and i've had i've been trying to get keith baker keith is uh he wants to come on but it's uh well last week i was trying to get him to come on and he had he was hunting and he said i i'm not going to be anywhere with signal this week to do a podcast and then this week i was like all right well i'm gonna get him on this week and i texted keith and <laughs> I, I haven't heard back from him he's like I promise you, Keith is in. He's been in the zone for at least eight days right now. Like he don't listen to shit, don't do shit other than prepare for a big match like this. Yeah, Keith is Keith is in the zone. So everybody needs to watch out for oh Keith Baker. Well, he was on uh, Shooter's Mindset last night or night before last. Yeah, he was, wasn't he? Yeah, he yeah. was. He was. Yeah, him. It was him and um. Who was with him? Um, somebody else that shoots for MDT. Yeah, I'm trying to think who it was. Because right, I saw Steiner? it. Yeah, it was Matt. That's right. It was Matt Steiner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah, he's he, he gets in the zone, man. And he's he's uh, and, and hunting. It was hunting last week. He sent me pictures, dude. And it was like fucking single digits in 30 mile an hour winds and snow. He sent me a picture of himself, like a selfie and his fucking head is frozen. Like he's got <laughs> fucking ice in his hair. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. I yeah. said, I said, dog, fuck that dude. <laughs> Call me a pussy. Fuck it. Um, it's that's too cold for my fucking redneck blood. Oh, they're but, calling for snow here on Sunday already. Yeah. But like what? Like two, I, two to three inches. But isn't it in the high like forty five that day or something like that? No, it's dropped now. Like highs oh. gonna be like forty. Did you uh did you pack appropriately? I did. Okay, my man. Look, look, dude, coming from eastern North Carolina, you learn to pack for everything. Yeah. When coming out west. Yeah, shorts, bait suit, flip flops yeah, to a to ain't... a to a snowsuit. I got I got my was it the uh what's that brand that's got a little funny emblem? Architeca. Arteryx. Arteryx. I, I got my down shirt and my my thermals. I'm I'm good. I mean As good as you're gonna be. Right? Yeah. As good yeah. as you're gonna be. But yeah, yeah. Hey, you know, I get out there and start doing jumping jacks. Yeah, for real. Start fucking Doing some <laughs> sprints out there, some shit. Um, I, I will say this: something that I've been very, as far as cold, we'll get we'll get to last weekend's match in a second. But as far as cold goes, something that I've been that I love, I've got, and I absolutely love, is my first light puffy uh, jacket. It it's not a, a first of all, the thing weighs like seven ounces. It weighs nothing. It's not. It's not uh, what how, how how could I describe what I'm trying to say? It's not like a very full. It's got merino wool inside, 
Um, it's it's not a very full puffy jacket. When you hear the word puffy, that's just what they call it. It's not what the picture that first comes to your mind. It's you, the one I wore this weekend. The 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 like the the flat dark earth colored jacket I had. Yeah. It weighs nothing. That is the warmest fucking jacket I've got. Seriously, I've got damn North Face snow jacket, like ski jackets down there that I'd freeze my nipples off before, uh, I, you know, in that thing. But I'm telling you, dude, that thing, it first cuts the wind, but that shit just holds the heat in. And it's it's awesome to shoot in because it's not, it's so, uh, I don't want to say the word collapsible, but it, it's so compressible. Because it's not it, it, it's not very puffy. It's, the yeah. jacket's not full. I, I love it. It is, and so y'all, well, if y'all need a new cold weather jacket, go get try that out. It's first light. I'd still rather be cold than hot any day. Oh, you can all um, you can always yeah. add on, man. Yeah. I mean, you remember when we had the match back in June at Pig River, dude? I I mean, I thought I was fucking dying. Like, or or the one up at uh, War. Yeah. I, I mean, fared a little was, bit better at that one, because I because I, I had learned well, the month. Because we made you drink water like every two stages, and I still only pissed like twice. Yeah, yeah. Each day, like you just you lose so eight many. bottles of drink eight bottles of water all day, and then you only take two leaks all day long. At, dude, eight. Dude, that's bush league. I drank. I know day one of uh, uh, war. I I promise you, I drank over fourteen bottles of water, like yeah. seriously. And I I would because I had like fucking flashbacks of of June at Pig River when I about <laughs> died, and then I didn't know if I was gonna shoot day two. I was throwing up. I had uh, like blurry tunnel vision, uh, migraine, no appetite. I didn't eat shit for like damn thirty hours. I couldn't. There's no. I mean, I could not eat because my stomach was just. It wasn't happening. But uh, that was a bad, bad time. And I think the beers the night before, on Friday night before day one, and then not drinking the water uh, beforehand. It, it just because once because once you're in day one of like that situation, drinking at the match, you're already you're you're late. You're behind the eight ball. Yeah, you got to too late. Then. Before. You got to drink way before, dude. Yeah. But cold weather, you still need to hydrate because you can get dehydrated and cold. But uh, it's it's way more. I mean, yeah, things start to not want to move, like fingers and everything. But you can keep your hands warm while you're not shooting. And it, it's just to me, it's just much easier to shoot in the cold than it is the hot. It's not the the cold isn't as detrimental to your game as the heat is. Those are. You know, mentally and physically, seriously, mentally and physically, both. I'll take the cold over heat any day. Um, anyway, last weekend we had, uh, I pretty well, it was my last match of the year. Um, the, but it was, uh, really, I think it was my first one day of the whole, is that my first one day of the whole year? I don't think I I've think, shot a one day. I think it was because I only shot one and that was at Pig River. Yeah, okay, um, it was. I only had one other one day, and that was in May. Yep, yep. So it was my uh, only one, and I love one days. And uh, I think you, me and, this is where me and you differ, because you prefer a two-day because it's more of like the whole event around it and everything, which I like too. But, I mean, me. No, I mean, I, mean, I'm, I don't mind a one day. I just, I tend to shoot better on day two. Of a two-day. So. Yeah. 
Well, you can go back and look at scores, and historically, on day two, my scores like be like 10, 20 points higher, and it's like, damn, why did why can't I have done that yesterday? Yesterday, yeah. I'd, well, I'd that top, I, that was definitely true. At, right now, if I had been done that yesterday. Yeah, that but, was definitely true in um in West Virginia at the war match for oh, sure. Yeah. You did you did much better. Which they look that was two completely. I mean, you, we shot in two different locations too, but even so, you just you pulled the trigger better on on day two than yeah, you did day, day one. Day one, we had more targets, so there were more points. On day two, there was less targets, more less movement. points, and I and I dropped I dropped less targets on day two. <laughs> I yeah. think I I think I shot like eighty five percent on day two, um, yeah. as opposed to like sixty percent on day one. Right, yeah, but, you did shot well, good. You can't make up so much ground, though. Even if you clean day two, I mean, you didn't shoot bad day one. You didn't shoot bad. It's just no. comparatively between day one and day two, it was, uh, you know, two different tales. And, uh, you know, even if, you know, if you don't on a two-day, if you don't show up both days, it's a wrap. Yeah. Because I mean, you, you, you just can't make up with so much ground on day two. Yeah, it's unless just, everybody else completely falls apart on day two, which, I mean, yeah, how it does that happen. happen? It doesn't happen. I mean, you know what I'm saying? But we had we had a one day, and I like one days because, A, there's less time and money invested in in what we're doing. Um, I, You know, whether it be if it's a one day here, I'm sleeping in my bed the night before and the night of. I love that. Um. And uh, to me, it's just, I don't know that it's a less pressure thing. I don't feel pressure from a match. Like, I could be at the finale right now, and to me, it would be no different than me shooting a two-day at Frontline. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It doesn't, that, that, the, the match itself doesn't, it's not pressure, but it just feels the, uh, the a one-day just, it's like, hey, I just got to do my thing here, and then we're done. And then I, I don't know. I feel like I I, may sh- I shoot better in a one day than I do either day of a two day. Um, I, I don't I don't know if there's any rhyme or reason to it. I, I don't know, but I I just enjoy the one days. Uh, um, even if it's at Pig River, like because I definitely we're go- we're gonna be shooting some one days of Pig River this year. Um, in Virginia, because I mean, anytime we get a chance to go to Pig River, I want to take it because it's such a fun venue to shoot and and beautiful and. You know, Josh is a awesome match director, and um, it's it's always a fun time. And the people that show up there, um, you know, there's a whole bunch of crossover between uh, of people that go to both Frontline uh, at Paul's and then go to Pig River. Um, but there's also people that will go to Pig River that won't go to Paul's. There's people who go to Paul's that won't go to Pig River because of geographically where they are. And it's nice. It's cool. It's cool to see all those folks up there. I always have a good time up there, Virginia. Um, but anyway, so uh, we uh, we show up and, and start the day. We got a. I knew before going into the match, and I told you this, and I told. I know I definitely told. I think I told you this. I know I told CL. CL. Me and CL always ride up from Greenville up to Frontline together on our one days. Or even our two days, we we come back home. But uh, I told him, I said, our squad is absolutely fucking stacked. 
and we're going to have multiple top 10 guys in our squad. And I think it's going to come down to either, um, it's going to come down to Jonathan or Mike. I, I, I really do. You know, Jonathan Roberts or Mike Burns because and, yep. and how did how did it play out? <laughs> or Ben. Ben I mean Ben's been smoking it this year too. I, I had been I didn't say it, but I in my mind I had been at least in the top seven, if not yeah. you know, five for sure. Um he Ben didn't ha- Ben had a rough day and he's been Ben has Ben has been killing it. Ben, I know you're listening. Ben has been killing it all fucking year. He is a hell of a shooter. I'll, I'd be happy with, you know, some of Ben's, you know, worst performances. You know what I'm saying? When he should, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Ben, yeah. ben, Ben's a killer, you know. Um, but I do Mike. Mike's game, if anybody doesn't know Mike Burns, Mike Burns, I'm going to give you a little rundown on Mike Burns. Mike Burns is a good buddy of mine, and... I haven't seen anybody make as big of a, I don't want to say turnaround, but as big of a, an improvement in one year than Mike Burns. Absolutely. Mike Burns, Mike Burns was that run of the mill, like just like a lot of us was middle of the pack shooters, a good day, top 25, maybe on a good day this year. And I, I told him that I'm I'm going to pick his brain. He, this these little those, his little bullshit answer he gave me did not cut. I said no, you, we're going to chat, we're going to talk, you're going to do some sharing. But uh, <laughs> because I said, dude, you are a completely different shooter this year. He's one, at least one, came in top three multiple, and then this weekend. It came down to, and mind you, we don't really know. We know a couple shooters and other squads of how they're doing, but as far as there's other shooters out there that, that could have done very well, we don't know where they are. But I said, it's it's, it's going to be these two guys. They're going to win it. I, I see how they're shooting how many shots they've dropped. It's going to come down to them two. The last stage, <laughs> Jonathan and Mike are tied. They're tied going into the last stage. John Jonathan gets uh did he clean the last stage or he dropped he, get, he got a nine he he dropped one on the last stage and then uh he shot I think uh, he shot before Mike did Mike gets up there and in the last position in like the the second to last shot I believe he ha- he hasn't dropped anything yet he's clean so far and rifle goes bang. And he said, shit. And then he racks the bolt, shoots, hits, gets a nine. No, that's he not, got a, no, he, he got, got an eight. Got an eight. That's right. That's right. He missed he one before. Win, he got a wind call. Uh, wind blew him off, I think, on the second target in the, off the hood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's right. Off the, tr- off the trunk. Okay. He, so he fires a shot. And it clean. him off. Same exact wind hold. Yeah. He hits it. Right. And then he moves over to the last position. And then the first shot, I believe, in the last position, he pulls a trigger and says, fuck, racks the bolt, hit, shoots, hits. Tied or drop one underneath Jonathan. Okay. 
He said that, I don't know why, but I yanked that trigger so hard, it moved the rifle. <laughs> he said the rifle yeah, yeah. moved. He said, I do not know why I just yanked it, but he did. Now, what that shot meant was, had he hit that, not yanked it and, pull, and hit it, because the wind call, he had the wind call right. The very next yeah. shot. He didn't miss and then make a correction off of his miss because he knows he missed because he you know, stepped on the trigger. So the same wind call with a good trigger pull, he hits. Had he not done that, he'd have tied Jonathan, and then we know that he beat Jonathan in time on the tiebreaker stage. So he would have, in theory, won the match without that one yank. of a. So he got a very close second by one shot, and Jonathan shot. He ran that AI out like it fucking owed him money. And, um, and Mike, I mean, just, they both were just head and head the whole day and, uh, hell of a match. Those two guys were fun to watch, fun to shoot with. And, um, it goes to show. And it would, I, when he came off the stage, I said, dude, that proves every shot you take counts every damn one, unless you got a 10 shot lead, every shot counts. Wait, Jonathan Roberts was shooting a, uh. Yeah, he shoot. He's a team AI shooter. He shoots for team AI. Uh, I know yeah. he was shooting a dasher. I just yeah. I didn't realize he was shooting AI. Shooting an AX in in the uh, um, accuracy obsession chassis, like like mine. Okay. Um, and I mean he he loves that chassis. Fucking loves that chassis. And he I I've got to give him my mag my dasher mags for him to tune. He said we'll get it right. He said we'll get together and we'll tune your mags up. I mean, them team AI guy, AI guys, they know every centimeter of that rifle and then what it takes to get it to shoot this dasher shit. And, I mean, every because every team AI guy shoots a, either a BR or a dasher, and none of them have problems. I just, they know all the, t- that rifle is just not, it wasn't designed. It was a purpose-driven rifle in design, and then, we are asking it to do something that it was not designed to do. And I mean, it's like trying to get a drag car to go on a road course. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's not meant to do that, but it obviously can do that because, um, I mean, I have, I shot the, uh, the dasher and my AI at, um, at war and I had two misfeeds, uh, I think the whole weekend. And one of those was my fault for short stroking the damn thing on the damn rooftop. You remember that? That oh yeah, it's rooftop. Fuck, I hate it. Drew. If you're listening to this, I'm gonna go up there ne- this uh, next year and I'm gonna fucking light a match to that damn rooftop you got. I hate that damn thing. It's like at a damn you know twelve degree angle. <laughs> it's so straight yeah. up and down. It's it was steep. Right, but. For for team just Effinson at podcast, me you and Captain Lupton CL, you two guys had was it a career day? No, uh, it was. Yes, for you. I know it was for CL. So Jeffrey here, why don't you go into and talk about how how that match was for you and and what you know? Well, how, um, it, how you did it. Well, we started off that morning. I mean, it, it started off great. Uh, I mean, going to pause, you know, 
you're going to be shooting heavy modified prone most of the day with a with the few occasional um positional stages mm-hmm. now granted the positional stages aren't typical positional stages they go from modified prone to extreme positional on the scale of 10 on hardness so on the same stage yeah i mean it's kind of like we when we shot four stages in a row that were all modified prone and then we got to shoot this damn stair step stage that 10 shots 10 positions and it's like yeah well and for people that right for people that weren't there so it wasn't stairs it was the uh, so if you're looking at a set of wooden stairs it's the stair runners that go up the side that the stair treads are screwed to yeah so it and then they, they've got them perpendicular to the target and there's what there's five levels and there's two sets four, of them. four levels then you shoot prone off the top of the stairs four levels down and prone off the ground okay yeah so I four mean, so uh, it, you it, go it's like a, it's shaped like a pyramid type it's kind of like a pyramid yeah so yeah and so you're so you shoot there's one real low i sat in shot from that first position i could get in and out of the sitting position pretty quick so it didn't eat up much time in getting in and out of that position it's just really just but, sit down indian style but just it's a you got a two inch you got a two inch uh you know section of of you know barricade or, or if you will uh to to shoot your rifle or to put your rifle on yeah so that was what stage then that was like stage six we started on uh, stage four. three. No, we didn't. Stay on, we, we, stage, we stayed on, four. on stage four. Mm-hmm. Um, so up until that stage, I had I had cleaned the first two stages. Get to that stage and uh, drop nine. Yeah, well, you shot, and I, was it your your was your first shot? Did you hit your first shot? Or I hit my second? first shot because I shot it prone off the bag. Yeah, and you had a big pump. Somehow or another, um, somehow or another, in the middle of moving, transitioning positions, I bumped my turret. I was like half a mil high. I was like seven tenths low. Oh, low. And I just never caught it. The position was so. I just couldn't get stable enough to say, hey, I'm shooting, I'm hitting low. It's because of my turret. I didn't check the dope. Um, yeah. My fault. So, well, if you were prone, you would have, I mean, that's easily, you know, uh, fixed or, or, or noticed. And then you're like, and oh, I, shit. And okay. That's my when I noticed off. something wasn't right is when I shot the prone shot off the top and missed it low. Mm. And I'm like, why am I low? And that's when I noticed it. And it's like, uh, buzzer like well there is that one yeah but i mean that, and that's the thing about that's the thing about a match like this that was one stage nine it, i mean nine shots yeah that takes me out should have took me out of the running but then again mike was in second and only drop nine shots all day. So, right. uh, I mean, yeah, you just got to leave. You, when you have a stage like that, you just got to live it, get it out of your head, 
move on to the next one. And, yeah. And just and, and you can't let it speak, worry. You can't worry about that one stage. No, no. And speaking of, um, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, something I did differently. And I had I, made I, I don't want to call it a New Year's resolution because I hate New Year's resolutions or whatever, but it was more like a decree, if you will. Uh, and I, I was it's really for 2021, but it was my last match of the year. And I was like, it starts now. I, I changed my whole mindset going into the match and at the match. Uh, now, obviously, I've never top 10 anything. Uh, but I had the mindset of I'm I'm gonna win today. No one here can beat me. Knowing that's not true, but if you've got that mindset of I'm the one to beat, it it helps. But not only that, and, and bigger than that was during the day, every shot was the first shot of the day. Every stage was the first stage of the day in my mind, and yeah. uh. I didn't keep track of my score. I didn't. I don't know how many misses I had uh, a, after after stage one. I didn't even remember how many misses I had on stage one. It was the the very next stage was the first stage of the day, and it was. I'll, I'll say that I don't know for a fact if it helped me shoot better or not, but I know I felt better shooting. Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah, it, I felt I felt better if I felt less of a I felt less of a of me being in a hole that I'm digging for myself. I felt I didn't have to come out of it. It was more like, oh, okay, this is it. It's the first stage of the day when I've already shot five stages, right? So it was. I didn't keep track. I, I just told myself I told myself all the things that I did right on the stage and forgot all the any of the ones that I missed and and I just kept it moving. So yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because it, it, you know, kind of segued into that of a difference that that I, that I made that I feel like I said I can't say with one with one match say oh that did did great or that made me shoot better but I know for a fact how I felt during the day I felt much better about the day and I felt better uh, at the end of the match as well. So that was, you know, that was helpful. So, all right. So moving on, that stage threw you a big old hairy fucking dick, Ooh, and yeah. uh, and 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 you moved on, and you look, you kept it moving. You know what I'm saying? You you did. Yeah, had a couple you, little. You didn't let it affect there, you. But, um, couple little fumbles here and there, but all in all, it was still the end up ended up a good match. Um, end up. Uh, seventh for the mm-hmm. for the match. I think I ended up dropping. Uh, was it uh twenty twenty one points overall for the day? Yeah, ninety uh, round count. Ninety yeah, round man, count. It uh, match. wasn't terrible, but um, should have been but, better. Well, but and it, it look, it would have been um. You know, but we that's what's one of those that. things. You, you go to every single truck at the end of a match, and everybody, every single conversation on the way home is like, "Damn, that one st- that one stage." Yeah, or we, that we one shot. Yeah, I mean, look at Mike. Shot. That one shot. You know, <laughs> I'm sorry, Mike. Like, we love you. 
could 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 have done better. I mean, if I'd only done this, only done that. I mean, it it is what it is. Um, yeah, but you know, in a, another way to look at it and to help it to help, uh, I guess, swallow that pill. Like in your case, that one stage really bit you. That one fuck up of a, a spun turret. I mean, you didn't. It wasn't an error that you did. It was just a thing that happened, which almost hurts. It almost hurts worse. You know, it's like you. But you, you know, the person who came in sixth or fifth could have had something similar happen to them. You know what I'm saying? Very well. So that's the thing. That's how the universe works. All that stuff, but. But I mean, I I don't think that turret what cost me on that one stage. I mean, I just I was never stable on that stage. That was a tough in tough general. Stage. I mean, but but I've done been to Lowe's, done bought me two of those stair step yeah. runners, and I've been practicing sitting at a house dry firing on a. I literally I got a nail head like a hundred yards away on the side of my shop. It was actually like. 75 yards away and i well, literally get you get there. it out of your house and take it to the fucking range and i it, yeah so we gotta get that, there so that, that's gonna be coming 2021 is yeah. gonna be gonna be more about the range and less about shooting yeah we when we, we yeah we you started well i say we but you really i mean um started the the main the meat and the meat the the meat potatoes of getting um, the Pactolus range squared away, and we're gonna we're gonna have some one days for sure. Um, I've actually taught. I had a message from a guy, a listener on uh, Sniper's High today. He lives in Statesville, and he's talking about wanting to come. He had an AI question, um, but uh, he he mentioned about wanting to come shoot with us and everything. And I was like, well, look, man. Uh, you know, stay tuned to the podcast. You'll get some some updates and stuff. But we're going to be having some some one days, and we'll get some good shooters to come shoot them. Just for it's going to be the it's going to, to my opinion, it's going to be the ultimate training match to where a small it's it's minuscule investment for the match, but what you're going to get out of it because of how we're going to run it and what we're going to do. You know, I'd say after the the match or whatever is going to make it all worth it because it's yeah. you're how often do you get to go to a match? And then uh, like you or me and you, we both ate dick on that uh, those runners. How would yep. you like to? As soon as we got done, is take a, a couple mags and go and run that damn uh, that stage again? I would oh, absolutely do that. Right? That's what yep. we're going to do, and that's absolutely. what is going to set our match apart. It's going. We're going to have really a couple long range stages, but there's going to be a lot of that 600 and in positional, like super fuck you up positional stuff. Heavy small, position. Yeah, and we and probably won't parts. be putting. We're not going to be doing a whole lot of modified prone stuff because we all can shoot modified prone. Mm-hmm. That that's. I mean, modified prone is modified prone anywhere you go across the country. Yeah, it's still when you get your when you put your bipod down in a bag in the rear. It's money. If you if you can't shoot that, you need to work go, on your wind. Call. Well, go you need to work on your wind calling. You know, you need to work on something. You're <laughs> working on your trigger pulling. Work on your load workup. I mean, it just 
if you got your bipod and a and a rear bag, that that's a that's easy. That's easy points all day long, but heavy positional, and I mean, and and honestly, um, we're probably gonna have a match here here soon. Um, it, it's we're just we're kind of stuck with the range that we got at the moment out to like right at between 450 and five for most of the stage lines, but. And then we've got a, a um, thousand yard. Yeah, we've got yeah, a long then we, range. Then we can run one long range stage. But I mean, that you run, put a five inch target up and shoot it off of barrels. Yeah, or a, the top of a four by four, like a yeah. a, <laughs> a top of a four by. <laughs> yeah, that ain't easy. Yeah, and another thing that people that I mean may not know, but that range. There's a swamp that goes to the middle of it. And yeah, what and is a swamp? Up. I mean, a swamp is moisture. And yeah. what does that cause? Mirage. mirage. It, the mirage, I've never, I mean, I haven't <laughs> shot anywhere with as bad as mirage as it's I have. It's like going to the desert. It's terrible. If you want to practice shooting in mirage, you need to come to the range in Pactolis, North Carolina. You're going to get your chance. You're going to get some fucking mirage. I mean, it's even bad at 500 yards. Yeah. I mean, I remember last time we shot, remember when me and UCL worked out there and we when we were started, you know, putting up, started building rooftops and shit like that. Uh, we shot a couple stages like off the barrels, the plastic barrels, and at 500, or what was it, 450 or 500 yards, dude, yeah. the mirage was fucking wicked. I mean, it was it was tar- it was tough. I mean, yeah. it was hard. It was hard shooting at that range, at that distance. So, it's gonna be something. But you know, when when you pay fifty dollars to shoot a match, and then you can go and and work on the stages of what you just shot after the match is over with, dude, that's awesome. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That that that's something that you're not getting at, at almost anywhere. I don't believe. And, and you, that's the thing. I, I'm not doing this. This was never done. I never envisioned doing this to be out there making a bunch of money on this. Mm-hmm. Every dollar that I get from the range goes back into the range. Yeah. More steel, more clearing. Um, I hopefully one day I'll have the have the funds to be able to go out there and put some nice shade shade covers out there and. And and rock the road and rock the driveway out there. Um, I mean, if you come, when you come to come shoot out there, it we're gonna have a walk. You're the the driveway, the 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 parking area is gonna be up at one of the fields next to the property, and you gotta grab your stuff, and it's gonna be like a what do you reckon, thousand yards or more walk. From the yeah. field out there to the first stage. Uh, yes. Well, may, yeah, eight hundred, eight hundred or a thousand yards, I guess. But yeah, it's gonna be a little hump to get over there. But it's about like about like shooting at Josh's where you park down at the bottom and walk to the top of the hill. I mean, yeah, at least hey, it's the good thing about it. It's flat as shit in Pactolas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you gotta go up yeah, the fucking hill, that big I river. Mean, you're, you're not gonna want to be like, damn, I forgot to. You, if you forget. The small bag in the car, you're gonna be like, yeah, I can do it without that bag. Yeah, I'm bar- not going back to get it. <laughs> yeah, bar somebody else's shit. 
but uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to be uh, self ROing. Um, somebody in the squad, y'all figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Look, everybody's got. That's the thing about it, man. And I wish, I, I wish that there was more adoption of this in matches across the country. But the self ROing thing, I guess you could potentially run into a problem depending on how a, a squad is made up. But if you think about the majority of the time, you've got, let's say, a squad of ten guys. You've probably got seven tripods out there with glass on on it, right? At least. And everyone wants to win or at least do their best. I don't know. I well, I don't know personally of anybody that would like give somebody a shot that they didn't fucking get. Look, just get I mean, to them. point in case to match this at Paul's the other day. The, the yeah. RO turned around to me and CL's up there shooting. Barrels and, and he like uh, impact uh, and he turned around and looked at me and he's like, was that an impact? And I'm like, nah, it wasn't. No. It, it hit the A frame with the car and I'm like, he's like, you sure? I'm like, I, I'm telling you, it, it, this is my bet. One of my best friends up there yeah. shooting. If we're best car, friends. And we're I, I'd, have, I'd, have, I'd have give him the shot. Right. Yeah. He absolutely. Didn't, he didn't hit it. And it was you clearly hit. And and you knew what it was. And if, yeah. if you know, but if it was me or CL up there, and you'd be like, "Oh yeah, that was a hit," then you ain't giving it to nobody. I mean, if you didn't give it to CL or you didn't give it to me, if it was me up there, you ain't Jeffrey ain't giving it to nobody. And I, I feel as though the majority of folks that's they're gonna be in the same boat. They're not gonna be like you know like yeah, just give them give people points so willy nilly. Why? Because yeah. everybody's competitive and wants to. Wants to do well. There, that's not your score. That's someone else's. So I think you get three guys on glass, which is always at least three guys in every squad that's on glass for every shooter at one time. Then you're gonna be able to do that. And then hey, every the whole squad collecting those three guys. Like yeah, we all counted eight, you know. And boom, you got an eight. And that's yeah. it. And then that, that way, match directors don't have to resort to having ROs that are less, how should I say it, less than favorable or inexperienced. Maybe they're really good, solid guys, but they just don't have the experience to know what a little six millimeter does to a giant plate at a thousand yards in heavy mirage. It goes back just to like it. They still do it today like they did it a hundred years ago. You go to any golf match across the country, you keep your own score, and you keep the score in the group of guys that you're with, and at the end of the day, you sign your name to your scorecard, and you turn it in. Yeah, and that's way the archery match. That's way it is at archery, a, 3D archery matches. Yeah, and if there's a discrepancy where you lied about a score or something on there, guess what? You're done. Yep. Well, it ain't no questions. You're done. If you, this brings us into a whole nother topic. We're not going to spend a whole much time on it, but I do want to touch on it though. When it comes to cheating, what do I consider outright blatant cheating? And what do I not consider outright blatant cheating? If somebody, let's say is on 
in a high node of their load to where they're at like 3170 and they did their load work up in March and then you're in a in a load hammers like that's where that gun loves that bullet how fast that bullet's going or whatever that loves that velocity then and and then you go to somewhere like let's say you travel to like Arizona and then yeah. you chrono. Someone's like, "Hey man, your shit's shooting really fucking flat." And then, uh, and then the master is, "Hey man, you need to come chrono your rifle." And that guy chronos at 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 thirty two oh five or thirty two ten. Do I think that is cheating? No. I don't. I think that was an error on his part. He might could get DQ'd from the match. Like, hey dude, you, you're shooting too hot for this. You know, you you know the limit is this. Whatever. That's not cheating. You outright changing your fucking score. That's cheating. In my, op- my opinion, there ain't no coming back from that. No. There ain't no coming back from that. You're fucking done. Like, you better yeah. take up Band another goddamn life. sport. You, look, go sell your rifles and go buy go you a nice... Go shoot a nice... Go, go buy a nice bowling ball and you need to go to your nearest bowling alley and start working. Because you need to be done. Because you, that that to me, that there is absolutely zero call. We fight so hard for the points we get that we actually do get. You go and get that fucking magic eraser out, and you start putting down numbers you want. That is that is not just disrespect to yourself or to the sport, but that is disrespect to every motherfucker in a squad shooting with you. And then in every squad at that match, you, my opinion, you'd be banned for fucking life. Definitely. If it was my range, you're banned for life. Like I, I control that. If, if it's a, a Baker shooting complex and I, I catch Joe blow cheating. Don't even come on my property anymore. You're fucking done. As far as the PRS or, or NRL, I I would have a hard time making a case for somebody to come back ever. It'd be it'd be a hard fucking sell. It'd be a hard sell for me to be like, all right, cool. Here's a year suspension. That's very. I mean, it's got to be some crazy ass circumstances for me to feel okay about that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But anyway, and, and on the and back to the topic of the self RO stuff. Um. I want to do a match at some point in time during the year. I think it'd be really fun. But, and it would be for those guys, it would be known in the sign-up as to what we're going to be doing. But it's going to be a call your impact shot, a match. The shooter has to call their own impact. Yeah, well, you can call impact all you want, but if, if there's people on glass say, nope. Then you better. <laughs> oh yeah, it. yeah. There's gonna be somebody backing you up. Yeah. Now you get you get up there, you get up from shooting, and you're like, yeah, I had, I had seven impacts, and you only had five. Yeah, that's only gonna fly like once or twice, and then you're gonna be, you're gonna be done. But you called out at least. Yeah, but I mean it. it that's gonna be one of those things to help guys get to watching the target. It that's that is recall management. Watch. That is recall Absolutely. management. One hundred percent. This whole like 
you can see me, but you know the listeners can't. Off the fucking the butt stock here, <laughs> yeah. And, and like you, you, you got your thumb on the back of the grip, and then free root cool and everything. Like nah, that's that's a negative. No, that's, you, that's you're gonna need to be able to see your impacts and call them, and 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 it's not gonna do anything but make you a better shooter. Absolutely, doing that. You and need to be doing does, that. Does that going into the match? Like that's kind of yeah, the purpose. That's not gonna it's, be it's, a, it's not gonna be something you show up and like. Oh hell, I can't do that. Yeah, know that yeah, going you, into it. You'd be surprised at how many people. I, I'm I'm surprised at how many people that I shoot with in this sport right now that have no clue where they hit mm-hmm. when they pull the trigger. Yeah, or if if or you're if. not. Yeah, if you're not seeing your impacts at this point in time in the game, man, you you're so far behind the, the leg. It, it's um, well for newer shooters, I understand that, and and that's that is a, a part of the game. That's why that it's I've, I forgot I didn't coin it. I didn't say it first, but someone else said it. I'm trying to remember who I, I heard say it, but they said they need to change the name of prs to spot your impacts like that's the easy that's that is literally the name of the game because other than, i mean when you do that it's like a game of tetris yeah. you just move move shit over like you know what i'm saying Absolutely. it's that's that's why we're running 20 people have i mean my rifle feels almost too heavy for me and i think it's like 21 and a half pounds uh but you got people with 24 25 pound rifles i'm, I'm, sh- I'm at 24 with my straight taper yeah, my and, current, and my current setup right now is 24 pounds. Um, the new setup, because I'm going away from the straight taper and going to a uh, proof research contour. A proof, a proof competition contour. Yep. Um, it, it's a uh, that setup is going to be 19 pounds. Oh wow, that's which, a big jump. Which it's a big to jump. me is the perfect feel. Yeah. It puts the weight in the right spot. It just it. 24 pound guns too heavy. Uh, yeah, I mean, my my AI is 20 pounds and it feels and, pretty. And good. you know where I figured out 24 pound guns too heavy? At where? VPRC when we had to shoot freehand. Yeah, that was I I did better on that stage than I expected, but I mean I didn't oh, do well. I, I got like stage. I yeah, you did good. You did good. <laughs> you got how many impacts did you get? I got nine on that one. Yeah, I, I think I got what did I get. I dropped five. One, I, dropped one I think I got on five. I think I got five, and I was like, I'll fucking take it. <laughs> it was three. Uh, what I, was it? Three hundred yard. Three hundred yards full size. Ipsic. Yeah. And it was it, it. I mean, when you're dealing with a twenty four pound gun, you have to go into that with a game plan. And and I simply went into that that stage with a game plan of I'm gonna creep my mag up. And I'm going to ambush it. I'm going to come up over the target, and I'm going to drop through the target. And when the target, as soon as I see gray hit the target in the scope, I'm pulling the trigger. Because the target was long enough that I had about three-quarters of a second before the scope would be off the target when I pulled the trigger. You did good. I remember you did well at that stage. It it worked. Um, but I mean, there ain't many places you're gonna do that. And I I know there was a ton of people that bitched about shooting freehand. But hey, yeah. shooting freehand is 
is a skill just like shooting. It's a legacy skill, man. I mean, if you can't shoot freehand, I mean, it's just one of those things. Work at it. Yeah. There's, I mean, look, I hear it. There's arguments on both sides that I hear. There's arguments of, hey, this is you need to be a marksman, and and right. part of marksmanship is is shooting, standing, this is kneeling, a shooting prone. competition. Yeah, and then the uh, but the other side that I get is, you know, in reality, if you're if we're if we are trying to emulate reality in uh let's say in the year 2020. You know, whether it be our guys carrying rifles in defense of the country, they've got tripods, they build, uh, they build positions, they're, they're, they're never taking free-handed shots. I get that. But the, the program at which, you know, the, to the current day sniper is, is, you know, built from, there was a lot of free-handed. Uh, yeah, I mean. You know what I'm saying? There was a lot of free-handed. Get- how many times do guys get their 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 hide busted and hey we got to move now? Yeah, I mean and, the M40. Doing, I mean you're doing cover and fire coming out of the hole. Yeah, I mean um, it, it. I so I see I see both and that's why I don't have an opinion on the matter as far as whether there's one. I'm not excited to see it because obviously it's a fucking ass kicker when you got rifles built for the positional supported. You know, front end supported hey. or print, whatever. But hey, if it's there, shoot it. You know, don't shoot bitch. Free handed ain't no different than shooting off the top of a T post. Yeah, I mean, other than you're not, as tired, not as tired shooting off the T post. <laughs> that's about the only thing that's different. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's one of those things. Yeah. Uh, well, you you came in you came in seventh. And CL, I don't want to leave him out. Um, I know he's listening. He fucking, I tell you what, CL, I think I shot three matches before CL shot his first, which was a couple Sounds years right. ago. Yeah, I think I had shot three matches. I think he's caught up with me because he shot some matches that I haven't as far as numbers of matches. Um, but even so... You know, CL's been pulling the trigger a long time, and on you know in in a hunting scenario, he shot some hunter belly matches um, at different ranges um, and uh, across North Carolina and stuff like that. But nothing serious. It was more so for fun. He literally took his hunting rifle and shot these matches. And you put that man prone, man, fucking stand yeah. back. Like, his bread and butter, but he struggled with. He struggled with the positional stuff. Now, he goes and builds. He's built a couple rifles now, and his current, um, you know, he's got, you know, two in MPA chassis, and he's he's did some moving around and uh, taking away and adding some weight. Um, it's a heavy rifle for sure, but, you know, you know, CL's a big, strong guy. You are too. And, you know, he can tote that weight, but it wasn't about adding actual pounds it's about where he put the weight that changed yeah, everything so we, for him. we took a almost two a pound and a half off the rear of the gun yep and then added a pound and a half to the front of the gun and to it, get that balance point out there about three inches in front of the magwell because it used to be you wanted to you wanted that balance point like right in front of the magwell and now it's kind of progressing out like 
three, four oh, inches, three and four inches in front yeah. of the magwell. And he's also got those weights on the front, on the on the outside of the fore end to where, you know, he was always a type, which we all were at one time, but he, up until recently, uh, would put, you know, the, the support hand on top of the scope to, to steady the rifle uh, and everything, which that does pretty good for your up and down movement. But that side-to-side movement, whether it be teetering or whether it be just like in the figure eight movement or whatever, it, there at least, it, it leaves a lot of stability on the table by doing that. But when he put those weights in front of him where he had something to do basically that C-clamp that, that we've been doing for a while, uh, that C-grip on the front, on the forehand of the rifle, he's steering the rifle with that hand now, whether it be vertically or horizontally. And his positional shooting has progressed i mean amazingly and he doesn't shoot a lot no. you know what i'm saying like no he he shot a couple matches this year and very little in anything else i mean he's you know shot a little bit prone at 100 make sure the zero was good and and all that shit but other than that i mean he hasn't done really much in shooting at all and then he goes to this match and he gets 10th place and i mean this is i mean CL, I told CL one of his biggest problems, and we talked about it, he agreed. I said, CL, you you time out, you used to time out a lot. Uh, one, because A, he's not, you know, a, a quick, nimble cat, uh, you know, move like a cat, but he would also you know, to get steady in that position. Now prone, it's a, it's like, he's got a damn semi-auto. It's this bow, 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 bow. But when it comes to the positional stuff off his belly, he was a little bit slower because, well, his shot process took longer to get steady on the target. And, and he was fighting that weight, fighting the rifle to where now, I mean, he says now it's, I lay the rifle down and I don't have to fight it as much. It's not because it weighs more. No, he was fighting the rifle when it weighed the exact same. It wasn't about how the actual total weight. It was about where the weight was distributed and the yeah. fact that he, the way he was controlling the rifle with his support hand, it changed everything for him. I said, CL, you moved. He didn't time out not one time this weekend, this past weekend. And I said, CL, you did not move in between positions. Not one second faster than you ever have. I said, but your shot process was so much faster to where once that rifle was down and you were behind the scope, it was no time at all, and you were already breaking the trigger. I said, that is where you made up your time. And it is, and, and it showed. It showed in the way he shot, and it definitely showed in his score. I mean, he, he shot. That's the best I've ever seen sales shoot. And I was super fucking proud of him. Um, yeah, I remember when it used to take him anywhere from 20 to 30 seconds. For the first shot off of, yeah, you know, he'd in get into position. position and break the first shot. And I was like, yeah, there's no way. You, you got to move five finish. or six times. Yeah, you, you can't have time to do that. You can't finish like that. But his shot process now and. He, which you know, he's getting better too. But of course, but I'm not taking that away from him as the shooter. But I think now he's got everything kind of tuned and dialed in to where now everything's working like a, a well-oiled machine. To where it's a quick wham bam, thank you ma'am, and moving on to the next position, right? So yeah. 
he shot amazingly well. I was so proud of CL. Um, like I said, I got I fin- I finished up 27th, and it wasn't great. I had about two stages, two or three stages that really bit me. I had a couple really good stages, um, and then right there, some in the middle, mediocre. But uh, you know, it's it, at that point, it doesn't really matter. But um, I, regardless of how I finished, I had the only mental mistake I had was shooting that rack. I, I, I hit the same target three times. I, lo- I lost track of where I was. And I hit it, but, I mean, I lost track of where I was in that rack for one time, and they said wrong target, and then I got back on. But uh, um, I dropped a, just a couple, two or three, or three or four off that, that stage. But um, I had one that, now, mind you, I know there's people shooting in the same wind as me at the same time, but the, the damn stage two, the tower, so that was our – second to last stage of the day we're up how high do you say that tower is 30 feet Mm, 30 40 feet in there right and the the three is three targets they're at like i don't have it the course of firing from him but it was like 800 ish yeah a little bit 15 839 and then like 940 yeah so something along those lines right so it's up on this tall deck and we got the we got four shooters laying prone, and then the next four shooters are sitting down behind them. Um, and Jonathan Burn, uh, I mean uh, Jonathan Roberts uh, started it off, cleaned it. Then uh, who shot second? You, you, yeah, yeah, you I shot, shot second, second, cleaned it. Then uh, our RO, Trent, he had Trent. Trent shot. He missed the first one. They were like, it's half mil all the way out. All three targets, half mil win. And it worked perfect for, for Jonathan. It worked perfect for you. And then he shot, <laughs> bless his heart, he shot and said, oh, no. <laughs> and he didn't do well, which he was fighting. He was fighting like primer strikes all day. I don't know what was yeah, going on. Yeah, he with was. He was having a hell of a time. Still, he still finished well though. He's a good shooter. Yeah. Um, and then CL gets up there and then uh, shoots and cleans it with a half mil win. And then uh, so, whatever the thing is three y'all. And then then we got up there. Then I was in the next group. Um, and then uh, who was it? Zev's Zev's wife? She didn't. She didn't shoot. I think I don't, I don't know what she got. I think she might have zeroed it, but. So Zev shoots in front of me. Zev dropped like one or two. I think he dropped two. And then on his last shot, which it's two shots at the first target, two shots at the middle, two shots at the last, then two shots back at the middle, two shots back at the first. On the last shot, as soon as he broke it, I said, what was that wind call? Because we're shooting 105s. I'm shooting a little bit faster than him, I think. Um, and he says, it's half mil shoot half mil i held half mil and that target is in front of a berm that's got like tall reeds and shit growing in it you can't really see anything in it the and no kidding the mirage was so wicked i mean the uh the the trace was so visible all day and then as soon as i get there we get there to shoot the damn the clouds roll in and there's no trace at all to be had and uh i shoot a uh, half mil miss had no idea where it went because it just gets swallowed up in that shit. Uh, I think I held a little more wind and it, 
missed again. Went the next the next two targets, the middle target and the back target, have no berm whatsoever, and there's woods behind it. So your bullet, if you don't see trace, you you're pissing in the wind as far as your 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 correction. You got no idea. I ended up getting a three on the stage, and then one. I know Ben was on glass. Uh, I think it was back at the first target on the second round in. I think I held like point six and missed. I think he said it missed on the right side. And I know if you miss with a win call, you don't hold the same thing. But I did anyway, just because I was more like a frustration thing of why I'm missing. I held the same win call, right? Missed again. He said, dude, that last target, first one dropped off the right side. Second one dropped off the left side. Same win hold. He said, dude, you were just buzzing each side of the plate, you know, on you know, those targets. And I was like, fuck. Like, that's shit. And then as soon as I as soon as I get off, people start whacking it with a half hill of wind. I'm like, son of a bitch, man. That's some bullshit. But it you know, it's part of so somebody else was shooting at the same exact time as I was. So you gotta know that going into it, and that's how you gotta take it and and move on from there. But uh, overall, it was a good day. We had a good time. It was a good match to end the year on. Um, I'm glad that my two shooting partners had their career best. Um, I'd rather have both you two do awesome rather than just me do awesome. So I'm, I'm super happy about that. And uh, like I said, CL made me super-duper proud of how well he shot. Um, next year, you, we're going to have an official team just to send it. I'm, I'm going to get some shit made up for you two to wear. Um, some hoodies and some some uh, shit like that. We're going we're going we're going to be straight ready to go next year. But then fast forward. Okay, here we are to today. So you you said you were going to go shoot the finale, and and here you are laying in a hotel bedroom, looking nice and comfy. It and is just, I, yeah. I finally figured out. Got the air down. It's like sixty one in here. Oh. And and it's like it's feeling good. CL raising the roof snoring in the bed beside you. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of glad that's not happening. <laughs> it, it's a right between you two. It's a race to who goes to sleep faster. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as his head hits the pillow, that's like his superpower. I wish I had it, it and because my wife's the same way. As soon as y'all's head hit the pillow, gone. And I'm sitting there thinking about like, where's my birth certificate? <laughs> like, I, like stupid shit. I, like dumb shit keeps me awake, you know. Like, uh, what really would have happened after the last episode of Dexter? You know, <laughs> like dumb shit. It don't yeah, fucking matter. Yeah, no. Uh, but uh, not you two. Close my eyes. It's, uh, it's a wrap. I'm dreaming, La La Land, man. It's it's, I, it's a wrap. It's superpower, man, and I, I'm envious. But okay, so what? This is obviously your biggest match of your shooting career, as far as yep. as people. Goes. So, tell me where now, Monty. You took your Thursday night. Tell me you're not shooting tomorrow. You're shooting uh, you I'm tomorrow. Glad you're not shooting tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I know. Look, it's been a, been a good day. <laughs> I called. I called Jeff today. I hadn't talked to him all day. I I didn't remember what time his flight was. I didn't know if he was in Oklahoma or if he was gonna be in the air. He answered the phone. He's like, "Yo," and I was like, "What's up, man? Where you at?" So just landed 15 minutes ago. So, okay, cool deal, man. So, yeah, I had seven vodka drinks on their plane. <laughs> yeah, so they they tell you when they when you get on the plane right now because of the COVID shit that uh, there's not going to be any beverage service. But um, and this was a note for anybody that's going to be if you're going to be flying to a match, flying with American Airways, 
upgrade to first class. You get two check bags up to 70 pounds and it's you don't have to pay any other baggage fees. Well worth spending the I think it was an extra $150 on top of the flight for to upgrade to first class. Um but when the flight attendant come over, we got like a three hour flight out here. And uh, she said, can I get you anything to drink? And I'm like, are y'all doing an alcohol service? And uh, she's like, yeah, you're in first class. Hmm. I'm like, yeah, what y'all got? And she's like, what do you want? So what vodka have you got? And they're like, Tito's? I'm like, yeah, bring me, just bring me some vodka, a cup of ice, and cranberry juice. There you go, and vodka just cranberries. Keep, just, just keep them coming. So, uh, seven bottles of vodka, airplane, airplane bottles. bottles, yeah. Two cups of ice mixes perfect with a can of of uh, cranberry juice. Perfect. You heard, from the, you heard it. You heard it from the man himself. Because he, he just tested it out for me. Yeah, yeah. It was. <laughs> it was. It was a, the, the, the three-hour flight did not seem like three hours. No, it was like space travel. But I, I'll tell you, and I could tell from talking to you uh, earlier, I, I, I could, I believed it because it, <laughs> you, you, you are a slow. Was, yeah, you are. You're normally a slow talking, just you know, typical East North faster. Carolina boy. Yeah, you get a little faster talking, a little peppy. And I loved it. I was like, I, I texted CL. I said, yeah, Jeff is definitely feeling himself right now. He's had seven vodka drinks. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a good time. Good time. So, anyway, all right. So, tomorrow, you're going to go. You're going to check zero. You're going to check velocity. Yeah, train up opens at nine in the morning. You going to do that? Um. We're gonna we're gonna head out there about nine ish and kind of see what's up. I'm I'm not sure what's all gonna be. Uh, I don't I don't know what they're gonna have. You would one would assume going to a national level event such as this. They have a zero range set up and some targets out to a thousand or targets out to whatever the max distance we're gonna be shooting at for the weekend. One would assume that. I've learned one thing in this sport, in this game. Don't ever assume anything because you're going to get your feelings hurt and you're going to get let down. So did you find out, do some recon, find out what no, what's available we're tomorrow? Gonna, we're going to find out in the morning. Oh, okay. Yeah, all right. Well, that'll, that'll work I too. Brought, I brought my magneto speed because um, I'd never shot out. out west like this uh before i, I mean i I'm, I'm coming from 50 feet above sea level air thick and heavy to out here we're like 1200 feet above sea level i believe and um air is going to be a little cleaner a little thinner so i don't know yeah. if velocity is going to be the same um mike mike burns was saying the same thing he's like i, I don't know so we're going yeah. to go check velocities in the morning and see if everything's the same. And then hopefully there's some targets out to some range. Hopefully there's a little wind tomorrow. And get check on some cut wind calls and 
hopefully can validate a few things. And What's the uh, – I haven't looked. You, we haven't really talked about this. What's the wind forecast for this weekend? I mean, it's, it's always kinda, subject to change, you know. Kind of over all over the place. Um, it looks like it's going to be mostly like between 5 and 15. Really? Um, I, I, it really depends on that front that's coming in how far it pushes down because I know just north of here they're calling for like 15 to 25 tomorrow and a Saturday. Um, so if that front pushes down a little further, then we're liable to get some of that 15 to 25 mile an hour wind. Um, and then we're liable to get a little more snow on Sunday. Because mm-hmm. right now they're calling for two to three inches right now but up up north of here it's, they were calling like six to nine inches yeah wow yeah. that could be a hell of a a hell of an experience trying to shoot targets and hopefully they paint the targets orange yeah right you know you would you would think i mean they'll all be gray but hopefully be gray by the end of the day so at least they'll stand out then but you don't want freshly white targets with no, white out yeah with it snowing it'll be and it's supposed to be snowing like i think right now the forecast is from like 8 to 12 in the morning so perfect yeah, well, I mean, another thing is, I mean, you you don't know until you till it gets gets here and finds out the wind. But I mean, it's a whole new dynamic when when we haven't. You know, we're from East North Carolina. You know, fifteen mile an hour is fucking howling here. And, and really, that's the main reason that made me sign up for this. Yeah, one is getting the opportunity, getting the email that says, "Hey, you can come shoot." Is the first that's the first achievement. I mean, I, I I can't. I'm not going to take credit on on making it to the finale because I was not one of the first round pick guys. I wasn't in the top 150 guys. It was I I made it in the second round of second, second go round of the invitations. There was. 25, 30 guys that didn't sign up in front of me, um, they gave me the opportunity to come. Uh, I mean, that, that I didn't make, I, I really didn't make my goal this year. Um, I wish I could have shot better than I did, but it, it next year going to be a different ball game. Um, but I mean, it, it I, I was given the opportunity to come. I had the time to come out here. I've never shot out here. I'm like, hey, that, this is this would be fun. Let yeah. me go shoot at a mid, mid uh, a Midwest state and see what all this wind that they talk about shooting out of here. I mean, see, it, I, we see were, how these 95s handle yeah, these 95 uh, SMKs. So running my same little load, my little 95 grain SMKs against all these guys with their they're big 105s and 109s. And, 115 uh, D-Tax, all that stuff. Yeah, so I, I wish I was shooting my other rig, um, but <clears throat> that will be... Um, the next year. Yeah, got a few little kinks to work out with that. And I, I think it's... I really think it's going to be a powder load combination. 
or or as Eric we'll, we're going to we're going to discuss that in the detail when we do get it nailed at, nailed down. Yeah, yeah. So so for everybody that doesn't know, I'm running or working on a 25 dasher. Um, it was something me and Josh had kind of. Josh Coons at Patriot Valley. Yeah, Josh Coons with Patriot Valley Arms. Um, he is one of he he's um I, he's my sponsor. Um, he cuts, does all my good barrel work. Um, cuts all my hammer and barrels. He I've had three dashers by him now, and they all freaking hammer. All shoot mm-hmm. the exact same load, shoot the same brass. Um, but we were discussing a twenty-five caliber gun to uh, to start playing with, and he was he was really pushing it on a a twenty-five by forty-seven and. I really didn't have any components for that. And I was like, what about a 25 dasher? I mean, I only need to get the bullet up just over 2,800 feet a second, uh, to 2,850 to get the ballistics to, to, uh, map out. Right. And, uh, I was like, that should be achievable. And, uh, we cut it and I love it. I love it. It's just, not quite there for this kind of match. Yeah. And, I, and, think and it's, I think I'm running a little too hot of powder for it, a little too fast burning. And I, uh, I think I need to find something a little bit slower burning to get that load to settle down a little bit. And, um, yeah, you got more to come on that. That's going to be. Yeah. And this is with the, uh, this is with, uh, the 120 grain, uh, 25 Seneca, Seneca um, solids, solids too. Yep. So we're and and honestly, me, me, Jeff, and then um, the other Jeff, um, Colborne Miracle. I believe we're the first three to have shot any of the 25 Senecas, the 20, the 257 Senecas. And um, let me tell you something right now, they are a sexy oh, ass looking bullet. Yeah. Oh my god! But we there's just you know they're they're new. And, you know, we're the first ones to shoot it and we're kind of, uh, figuring out the strengths and its weaknesses. And, uh, I feel that we're really going to get this thing. I've only shot, uh, I've only shot, I think four different seating depths. Um, and I just, then shit started piling up to where I was, okay, well, I'm not shooting it yet. I'm shooting the dasher. So I had to get stuff ready for the match, but now that that matches up with, I'm gonna be fucking with it with the Creedmoor, the 25 Creedmoor, um, and I think we're really gonna nail it down to where it's gonna be a, you know, it's gonna shoot group exactly the way it needs to group, like all the other Senecas, and you know, we're, we're gonna get we're gonna get it figured out. But especially coming out of a Dasher, I mean, that's that's a tall order to fill, but I think we're gonna fill it. So that's yeah, <laughs> that I mean, is, that, it's gonna be cool. Literally, I get back Monday, Tuesday. I'm the the six dashers coming off, the twenty five's going back on, and we're going we're going to shooting. I I personally think that some of the inconsistency groups I was getting was the brass. I I'm, I was trying to do it with virgin brass, and going from a six dasher brass up to a twenty five. I just think my neck tension was a little inconsistent. Yeah, with the alpha brass. Yep. 
And and it just, I mean, I and I don't think it, I, I don't think it would have mattered what brass I was using. It's just that was a big jump to go from from that to that, and then try to fire forming it all and doing everything. Well, we we found an issue. We found an issue is with the dies. You can't right now. You can't you can't size the brass. Yeah. So so uh, we're gonna have to I get really some honed dies. I really didn't consider that when I was. Uh, I figured I could just change the bushing out my sixth Thatcher die and bush size it. But uh, apparently the top of the hole inside of the bushing or where the bushing goes. It's still smaller than 25 caliber. More, yeah, smaller than 257. So, so um, if it, that's why, like a six five, like say for the Creedmoor or or uh, or a 47, if you've got a six five 47 or a six five Creedmoor, changing that bushing out, you don't have any drama. But going from a a, a six millimeter dedicated die you're going to have that problem. And I don't know if that's just a dasher thing. Cause I don't know if like, let's say a six Creedmoor, I don't know that a six Creedmoor die is any different than a six, five uh, or it may be. I, I don't know. Cause I, just, I don't know. So I, I, all I know is I, I ordered a die the other night from Midway and, uh, it's being sent directly to Josh. He's going to take his, uh, seven millimeter, carbide cutter and gonna ream the hole out to seven millimeter and be done with it yeah and then then we can start sizing brass and shooting yeah. off size brass fired brass so i so, think i think we'll see some changes there too um but uh i'm i'm telling you that that bullet i mean all those senecas are they're just they're wind cheaters it's almost not fair i mean to have a load that wasn't a hundred percent we still shot a 8.6 inch group at 980 with it. Yeah. And that was not a bench rest shot group. That was literally Rapid me, fire. On a, me on a me on the table, 10 shots, and I it was, was just one after the other. Boom, racket. Boom, racket. 30, boom. 30 seconds, 35 seconds, 40 not seconds, even. whatever. Not even. Just just shooting. Yeah. I mean, I was, all I was doing seconds. was hitting hitting the plate, trying to get a. See how they look. Vertical dispersion looked pretty good, though. I mean, it really wasn't that bad. But, no, um, it's, and that wasn't like it wasn't like it was a, a killer load that opened up. No, it wasn't even a killer load to begin with because it was no. just it, it's not a final load, but it still performed at that. And I think it's going to be what I think is you, it did. I shot it and it did have, you know, obviously there's 120 grains as opposed to a hundred grains or 105 or 95 in a six mil. But I mean, it was more recoil, but it wasn't like it was too much recoil for no. what when, but, uh, you know, it, you're, what you're picking up is a, you're picking up, you know, wind deflection, of course, but also just energy on target. These little 95s yeah. that you're used to shooting and that, I mean, I've got, you know, I'm about to start loading up some of my 95s um, and keep some of my 105s on the, on the shelf. Um, and, uh, I mean, it's in any Mirage at all, but even when it's not Mirage, I mean, you get a full-size plate at that distance. It doesn't, mo- doesn't move around a lot when you yeah. hit. I mean, you better have, all, all I know is at a match, if they ain't got indicators out past 800, 
Good luck. Yeah, you better have a, a fucking smoking good RO that's washing trays. Yeah. He so. better not be using no shitty glass. No, exactly. Yeah. But they, they do those ninety fives little SMKs going that fast. They they shoot. I mean they 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 hammer. They do. I mean All- I, I, I put them up. I will literally put them up against a one oh five burger any day of the week. And they're they are literally uh I think I've been paying like twenty two cents a piece for them. Yeah. And a burger's what? like 46 46 or something like that literally half the price i i'm a 105 everybody knows i'm a 105 burger guy i mean i'm looking at probably a thousand or more of them right now i I love them them sitting on the shelf right now that i bought for my first dasher yeah, I've been shooting them for two years. Them. Yeah, hey, look, I've been shooting these 105s for two, at least two years, and I mean, I'm I'm actually excited about making the switch. I'm and I'm also looking at 3,095 yeah. SMKs on the floor right there, right there. So yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm excited about shooting them in the dasher. And look, you talk about noticeable. Look, 105 does not recoil at all, but. It a 95 is, doesn't recoil It at all. still <laughs> is a noticeable difference than the 95s. The 95s, I mean, I, sh- I remember I took Sales rifle, and I don't think I had ever shot his rifle position you know, off my belly before. And we were out there at front line one day just dicking around, and there was a target at 800 or 850 or something like that. And I shot off that fucked up contraption Paul's got on the, <laughs> the this range. And... I literally just threw the rifle down, only in a standing position, and fucking went three for three at 800, y- 800 yards standing. Yep. And it just, it, the fucking rifle never moved. Um, it's, I mean, it's it's a cool bullet, and it, it does cool things when you throw it at 3150, you know? Well, even at down, I mean, I'm, I'm at like 3080 now. Um, tweet my load a little bit. Uh Got away from, so we'd always kind of jam these bullets. Um, the load that I had worked up for my original rifle, uh, running 32 and a half of 8208 and pretty much jammed like five to 10 thou off. I mean, it just, it loading them just, I, I didn't even change the load at all. And uh, it builds some pressure. I mean, you get that speed, you get a little pressure. Problem is, is when you're burning this powder, and I guess it's just the inherent nature of the dasher cartridge with the uh, carbon rings. Yeah. But getting carbon built up, uh, it's happened to me a couple of times. It's happened to CL a, a lot more. Um Full of bullets out of case. Um, yeah, and how many times has he? Is that happened to him in a match? I mean, which I feel lot. I feel bad for him every time it happened, but you know, it's it shoots I mean, damn. I mean, I'm talking about it shoots fucking bug holes, tiny ragged, little yeah, fucking groups, tiny little groups, um, and and, and hammers all the way it. out. I mean, yeah, it's I know. To, it's hard to make yourself change the load when it shoots like that, but. Um, I had a lot of ammo left over from a match and 
I told David, I was like, I'm just going to take these. I'm going to go seat them down. I'm going to start seating them like 10,000 10, 10, more um, and just do three shot groups until I get it down. And yeah, to another another node, seating depth act, node. I ended up, I, so I was, a, when, I, when I started doing this, my load, I was loading them at 8, at uh, 1815. One, yeah, one point eight. Which should have been about twenty thou off a of jam. Um, and that's using the Eric Cortina method to, to jam, not to the lands. Yeah, to, to jam. jam, to touching. Yeah. This is the bullets in the chamber, no questions. It's gonna pull out every time. In the throat, yeah. Uh, if you if you don't know what I'm talking about, go watch Eric's video. Finding jam point. Um, not the same thing as touching the lens. And, and so I started from there and now I'm literally, I'm, I'm loading them at one, seven, four, five. Mm -hmm. So like 70 thou, uh, more than what I was. Yep. And, uh, wasn't, wasn't there somebody telling you for like the past year that you should try to jump the bullets more? Because just to get away from that, somebody was telling you that you should yeah, probably. Yeah, there was a guy, but he didn't know what he was talking about. Yeah, I guess and, so. And I guess my, you got and you got to remember, my load was shooting bug hole groups. Absolutely, and if you went back yeah. out to it, it would shoot bug holes again. Yeah, but, but I just somebody, yeah. and but I guess he doesn't know what he's talking about. But I guess a a, <laughs> a, a broke watch is right twice a day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it was you, David. You did say. There's a, there is a seating depth that's back there, like 60, 70, 80 thou. Um, it's just, a, I mean, I never wanted to waste like 40 rounds to find it. But yeah, I had the ammo. I already had it loaded, so I figured, what the hell. Let's load some back. And I, I literally just kept on every 10 until it, it dropped. And all of a sudden, it just went whoop, whoop, right back, zipped it right back bitty, up. Little bitty hole, and then I, that's when I was like, all right, here's my mark, and I'd load three on the, I'd go like four-tenths higher on one side, and then four four-thousandths higher on one side, and four-thousandths the other way until I found the sweet spot, and I kind of just went right in the middle of it, and that's where I'm at right now. And, and it, it it's shooting really good, but you know when you've got when you got a rifle built like what you know the three of us have, I mean it, it's easy to do, you know. Yeah. And they're they're in there, and it kind of what I told you know talking to UNCL about it, seat and depth going off of what Eric said, um, seat and depth is is literally changing it is literally doing the same exact thing as that barrel tuner. It's literally the node, the vibration node. You pushing that bullet back into the neck yep. or forward out of the neck, one or the other, the same thing as spinning that tuner down or or, or spinning Absolutely. it up. And and there's it's going to think of a wave. You got a complete horizontal line, and that wave goes up and down, up and down through that line. When it crosses that line, is when it is where your nodes are. Like that's where it's shooting tight, and you're going to find it jammed. You're gonna find it here. You're gonna find it here. Like, and then and in between, it might suck ass, but it's gonna come right back. And I bet you, if you went another 
however many foul, you'd find another one. Now, there's no need to. You're safe where you are. Shoot it. Yeah, but I'm I mean, just saying, a, to, uh, for the for the point of the conversation, you're going to find it there. So, you know, uh, find your charge weight. Don't give a damn about the groups. And then tune your seat in depth, and you're, then you're done. You know, and you're going to find multiple seat in depths that work. And, and like I said, it was a little bit slower. I lost uh, 45 feet per second. But, but you could probably up your charge weight though. You could probably, I mean, you might possibly. be able to, you might be able to up your you charge know, weight. It, that's the thing about the load. I mean, I, I, I kind of wanted to find a little bit of load that wasn't running that 31, 30, 31, 30. That was really putting a beating on the brass, beating on the gun. Um, and it, I mean, all it cost me was, it literally cost me no wind at all. Mm-hmm. And, and a little bit of elevation, like, what, two, two tenths? tenths over yeah. 600 yards. Yeah, two tenths. Compared to CL's dope. Um, mm-hmm. And under 600 yards, it was only a tenth different. Right. Um, so no no difference at all. Negligible. Which was running, which was exactly the same dope. My dope and uh, Mike Burns' dope. In the six Creemore that he was shooting was a dunkel. Yep. Yeah. There's something to be said about it. I mean, it's, I mean, finding what works, finding what is reliable. And, you know, Jeff doesn't have to worry about pulling a bullet anymore. Nope. You know, and I I told CL, me and you both, uh, Saturday morning before we got started, CL, if you rack that bolt and you push that cha- that round to the chamber, I don't care if the buzzer goes off, you fire it. Send yep. it. Just fucking send it. And you don't have to worry about a stuck bullet. But it is, I mean, it is nice knowing, well, I don't have to worry about it because um, it's never going to stick. It has an, a com- nope. 0% chance of ever sticking in, in my, my barrel at all. And, and that just, that's, you know, I guess, a little bit extra peace of mind. But so tell me, tell me what, tell me where you're at. You're going to be probably feeling a little bit different tomorrow night, but tell me right now where you're at as far as this is your, this is Jeff's biggest match of his career of his, you know, precision. Yeah, long range I mean, I'm, I'm not going to lie. There's, there's a, there's some nerves going into this. I mean, it's obviously a, the top 250 shooters across the country are here. To uh, battle it out for who's the best shooter for the weekend. I mean, it's uh, Jake Vibbert, John Pitch, uh, Derek Love. Uh, who's in your squad? I meant to ask you earlier. Who's in your squad? So the only one that I reckon, I, Trent Winnegar's in my squad. Okay, well, cool. You got you got a. I know, so I know one guy in my squad, but yeah, um, I'd have to go and I don't have it pulled up. Uh, I didn't recognize a lot of the names. Yeah. Um, but they they squatted you based on where you finished throughout the year. Right. You're, you're so, right. So I'm in squad 16 with a bunch of guys that I, I, I don't recognize the names. But, I mean, it's going to be fun. I mean, uh, I'm going into this as... New facility, new place, and it's just going to be. I think we're we got 220 rounds for the weekend. 
So that should be probably like 20 stages, maybe 22 stages, Mm -hmm. probably 20 stages. And it's just going to be 20 individual matches. There you go. Every stage is a separate match. And whatever the round count is for that stage, that's my goal. If it's 10 shots, and that's my goal is to get my 10 impacts and just go to the next one. Mm-hmm. And, it's a whole uh, it's a whole new match after that. Yep, and and uh, hell, I mean, it, you never know. It, it all it takes is this for a guy to have a a good day and not make a lot of misses, and next thing you know, you're instead of being at the bottom of the pack, you're up there at the top of the pack. Yep. And I mean, yeah. and we've we've seen it. I saw it last weekend. I saw it at the PRS two-day at Paul's not too long ago. Mm -hmm. A lot of great shooters at that match Mm -hmm. that did not finish where they should have finished. Right, when all else is the same where they normally would finish. Yeah, I mean, well, I saw a lot of very big names that were were nowhere near where they should have been at. Yeah, we saw. I mean, like you said, we saw that this weekend. Yeah. So, I mean, everybody has their day. Every everybody has doesn't. I mean, it. So. Well, I for one, I'm proud of you, and uh, I'm um. Obviously, I'm I'm Team Jeff. I'm hoping you hoping you come away. Even even if you don't win, I'm, I'm hoping you come you know come back home with. Uh, thought of man, that is the best match I have ever shot. No matter where it lands you, and that, and that and to me that that's and that's is as if not more important of where you finish is how did how did you finish in Jeff's world? Meaning, yeah, so doesn't doesn't matter where you landed compared to everybody else because you can't control how everybody else shoots, but well, you can control how you shoot. And if you say, David, I got a hundred and sixth place. But let me tell you something. I shot my fucking ass off. I shot. That's the best I've ever shot. Then, bro, you won. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's the case. In your mind, you won. That that's not you. You didn't win the match, but you won Jeff's match. You you beat Jeff, so, and that's what that's what you need to do. So my goal, obviously, the goal would be to win it. But I mean, that, that I I have a feeling at this match. With the shooters that are here, it's, it's literally going to be single-digit target drops. Um, at most, 10, 15 missed targets for the whole weekend. Um, you never know with what the wind may do and the snow and all that, but I don't I don't foresee there being no major target drops at a match like this. Um, yeah. Gotta so watch out for them Okies, them Okies, and them Texas yeah, boys. I mean, I, if I could finish this match in the top twenty, I'd, oh, it'd be the same as me winning it. Oh, I'm gonna, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna be your but, biggest fucking fan. If you come top twenty, top fifty, I'd, I'd be okay with top fifty. Hang, hang your hat on it. Hang your hat on it because you, mean, you did, you did very well. And if you. If you get in top fifty, <clears throat> you definitely beat 
definitely beat some some grade A yeah. competitors. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's something to hang your hat on. And you know we neither you nor I nor CL nor most of the people that we shoot with and know none of us put in because we got life. You know what I'm saying? I got a five year old. You've got a two year old. Uh, you know we've we don't put in the time and the effort and and the the investment as far as ammo and, and everything. We don't shoot enough to 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 really in you know on paper and in reality to say hey I've done everything I can do to shoot with the best we don't do that and yeah. and we we I mean, can't get mad at so look we this people's situations are different you know what I'm saying I do this because I enjoy doing this right me I, too I mean everything that's in my bag right now everything that's in my bag I bought and paid for ain't nobody give me Anything that I've got in here said, hey, try this out. No. Yeah. I bought, it, my, I bought all my gear, my stock, my rifle. Um, Josh did do my barrel. He did my barrel stuff for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I bought the barrel. Well, yeah, we, I, we buy the barrels for sure. Yeah. He, he did do my chambering work, but everything else is bought, paid for. I, Blackbeard's Realty is my sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get out and work for my sponsorship and, and that's fine. I mean, I, cause when I get home, I don't have to go shoot and practice and do all that. I'm going to put my boat in next week. I'm going crappy fishing. I'm looking go. forward to that. I'm kind of yeah. glad shooting season's over. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's the thing about North Carolina, man. We don't really have that much of a down season. Like, cause we got like a month and then we got matches roll around for the next year. But you know, that's not even saying, and, and I know, I know where you mean, what you mean, where you're coming from on that, but you know, and that's not even saying the guys that even let's say that they don't have, all right, let's be honest. There ain't nobody in that match this weekend that doesn't have a dime invested in it. Everyone, I don't care who you're talking about, the best shooter in the country, whoever that is, or or this year or last year, they got something invested, but they're not winning because of, oh, well, they got their scope for free or they got their, their you know, barrel for free or they got their entry fee paid for. Oh, absolutely not. They are, they are the same guy. The reason why they're getting all that stuff paid for is because they're ones out there shooting, you know, not eight barrels out in a year Absolutely. between matches and training. And a lot of that is training to what, yeah, they shoot a lot of matches too, which, you know, you, sh- you know, the more matches you shoot, even if you don't do any training outside of dry fire, other than matches itself, you get better as you progress and shoot in matches. But those guys are, are the guys that are, you know, out there burning up 308 barrels or burning up 223 barrels, training and practicing, and they're putting it in because that's what they want out of it. Um, they want that that win, that trophy more than than the average person. So that's why they're dedicating those uh, those assets and more so the time in the training and we're not doing that so we don't expect to get out of this more than what we put in but um you know there i mean there's just there's no doubt that your your vibberts your keith ba- keith baker shoots a f- metric fuck 
ton of rounds a year, even outside of matches. That yeah. dude is always shooting, and it shows. Keith is a damn cold blood killer. John Pinch is a cold blood killer. Uh, Clay Black, uh, Blackletter, uh, Austin Orgain, obviously just won the AG Cup. Obviously, Bibber, you know, just um, I mean, fuck, Al, I mean, Allison Zane, she <laughs> she does a whole lot of dry fire and. Um, she is going around and kicking ass and taking names and hurting feelings, son. Yeah, that would be I, for one for the to, for the one person I'd love to see win. Oh, Allison, uh, hands fucking down, son. I would love son. to see her win this. Hands we'll, down. Whoop all, right. all those dudes, at, and that would be good. That would be epic, and I'm I'm gonna get her on. Um, I'm gonna get her on the podcast. She was on Kirk's podcast not too long ago, and I'm gonna I'm gonna let her simmer off of that. And I'm I'm gonna get her. I, actually, I want her and I want her dad on. I want to be like a combo podcast because you've got a son, I've got a yeah. son uh, that you know. Jax has shot my dasher a couple times. Uh, he's shot his little cricket twenty two, but. I, there's been really no real teaching other than with a fucking Nerf gun about MPA and stuff like that. But you know, I want the I I want to get her and her dad on and talk about you know they had you know he started her here and then moved her to this, then moved her to that, and then now this is what we do here. You know, as as a father, that's every father's dream. I mean, he did it right. I mean, he he fucking killed it because now Allison is literally fucking dudes up wholesale. Like hurting feelings. She, I mean, she's beat some of the best names in the business, man. Like hands down, fair and square, multiple times. Not just, not just in one match. Multiple matches, she goes and fucks dudes up that are one, guys that are winning matches and have always won matches. She's going doing her yep. shit with a with a one fifteen out of a out of a Creedmoor. Yep. I mean, she, she does like, drop eight targets the whole weekend. Dude, she, I wish I had been there. I wish I had been there and seen it and been there to watch it because it was awesome. I, 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 I know it was, and I, I'm so proud of her. And I, I want her to fucking next year. I want her in the AG Cup next year. So, but bottom line, Jeff, you seem like you've got you've got your head in a good space. And like I said, I'm I'm proud of you. I'm I'm glad you're there. Um, yeah, no, and, no and you're gonna have tomorrow night. No, it needs to be cranberry and water. Yeah, yeah water. Cranberry yeah. And water. Yeah, and, and maybe some club soda. But you know, it's uh, like I said, I wish I could, wish I could be there with you, but uh, I suck. So you know, um, you could have still come out here. Yeah, that's a big investment to go be your cheerleader, be your fucking <laughs> caddy. I mean, I would have done it. Yeah, you paid my ticket. I'd have fucking come and and and. Carded, carded your fucking your well, rifle. Next, your year, next year, me, you, and CO coming. That'd be fun, man. That'd be that'd be fun. And uh, maybe maybe it'll be a little somewhere closer to the East Coast next year. Yeah, it, it, if I'm gonna shoot it, it definitely better be east of the Mississippi. Yeah, I'm not sure how they pick where it's gonna be. I don't know, man. I'm not sure. I don't if know. He's putting them in a hat and drawing them out, or I mean, it kind of. To put this on, it kind of has to be a special place. I think so. I mean, I think, you're talking I, I, 250 to 300 shooters. It, it it has to be capable of handling that many shooters. Yeah. Um, you can't and do this anywhere. You know, you can't really do this not, anywhere. 
No, there's not that many places that can handle that kind of traffic. Yeah, agreed. Um, You know, definitely if it's like K&M next year, it's on. That's where it was last year. Yeah, if it's back at K&M or, you know, anywhere anywhere like that, it's it's on next year. I'd love to go. Um, Love to get an invite, but I'm not going to shoot it regardless if I get an invite or not, but I'd love to go. Um, I'd love to get that invite. I'd I'd feel really good. But, you know, it it is what it is. Um, You know, it's it's the top. Top top shooters are there, you know the guys the guys that anyone would point a finger at and say yeah that guy's got a good chance of winning they're there, they're they they're not the ones that bowed out and and didn't decide to come, yeah you know it's it's the other Jeffs of of the of the country that decided not to come, you just said fuck it I'm going, um but the, the the right the top guys are there for sure um. And uh, I think you're gonna have a blast. No matter how you do, I think you're gonna have fun. You know, you're oh, that type, you're that type of guy. Yeah, you're that type of person can do that. So, all right, dude, we got an hour forty-eight in, man. Um, I know you're tired, ready to go to bed. You gotta get up, not super duper early tomorrow, but you get up early enough. And um, I'm sure the guys are tired of hearing me again. So, <laughs> thanks for taking the time. I know you and uh, you and Mike are having a good time at the burger joint. And uh, but um. I want you to get a good night's rest and go get your shit taken care of tomorrow, brother. Yeah, man. Cool. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, for sticking with us. Um, and uh, stay tuned. After the finale, I'm sure things are going to open up, especially given that, well, it's after the finale, and, and most people in the country are going to have a little bit of downtime. So I'm going to get Keith on. I'm going to get Dave Preston on. Um, uh, I'm going to get um, – Oh, another little side thing, a goal that I've got, and I've talked to him, and he said he's down to do it. So I started, uh, if you watched the live video, live um, chat with uh, Jacob Bynum I did a couple weeks ago, um, I would mentioned it, but uh, I just started uh, about three weeks ago, um, started Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu two weeks ago, something like that, um, and uh, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I'm getting my, my cardio in for sure. I'm, like, dying, and then uh, definitely – you know, the, the gym that I'm at, they're not the type of people who want to go and crush new, the new guy. They're really helpful and everything. It's been awesome. Um, but uh, Professor Heath, he's the, he owns uh, East Con Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Um, he uh, is obviously the lead instructor there. He is a shooter, not this type of shooting. He's more of a pistol guy, um, defensive pistol stuff, but he loves dry fire. He's got the, you know, Jeff, you know the little laser rounds, you know, like, nine millimeter rounds that yep. you do I find he uses those so he's big into that but i asked him yesterday when uh i took jacks to class because I, I signed myself and jackson up um and he's jacks is crushing it dude jacks is like never done shit but he's a scrappy little fuck and he's he's killing it man i'm really proud you wouldn't know the difference between him and kids that have been doing it for like four or five months i imagine that's probably a great thing to channel his energy to into he needs something because otherwise it's chloroform and a rag. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But uh, anyway, I, yeah. I asked I asked Heath yesterday. I said, "Hey, dude, what's the furthest you ever shot a rifle?" He said, "35 yards with a carbine." <laughs> I was like, "Okay, that's gonna be fun." You're coming out to the house, and I'm gonna get you on tar. At first, I'm gonna start you at 100. And I said, "Within two shots, I'll have you hit a target at at 550." And then I'm going to have you go out with me, and then we're going to shoot out to 1,000. 
So, dude, I love yeah. that. I said, and guess what? Then you're going to do a podcast with me. So, uh, he's going to, I'm going to do like, Hey, what'd you, we're going to talk, we're going to talk jujitsu, but we're going to talk, Hey, what was it like, you know, shooting, hitting your first target at that distance for the first time or whatever. And, you know, and, and get all that I think I'd be make for a cool episode, change it up a little bit, but something else. And I want to bounce this off of you while I got you before we get off. What I, I've been like mulling around the idea of, well, a, how I would do it and B if I should do it, but I'm thinking about adding the video element to the podcast. Like, Obviously, releasing the podcast like I'm normally doing on Podbean and all the other stuff, but uh, doing also putting it on YouTube. Uh, do you, I mean, what do you think? Do you think that's something that will catch on and and people would, would like, or do you think it would? Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I mean, obviously, all of your top uh, podcasts, they a lot of them do have a video element. It, yeah, it, it, it just attracts to different. Um, plat- I mean, different people like different platforms. Yeah, Personally, different- I, I, I'm a YouTube guy. I yeah. love watching YouTube. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I mean, I'd watch a video of a podcast over just listen to it. Probably yeah. 50-50. I mean, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, so yeah. See, I'm a, I'm on the other side because I'm in my vehicle so much during the day. That's what I do to make my day go by is yeah, but it, it doesn't matter because if they don't want to watch the video then, then they can listen yeah then you're still still gonna be able to listen to it it just it i i i'd say do it just because it i mean it gives some guys that may not want may not do podcasts to find you yeah that are on, that are on youtube Okay. Yeah, very very much so. I mean, it would be because I'm not fucking Joe Rogan or I'm not Andy Stump or whatever like that. It's not going to be the video element of me and the person sitting across the table from each other because, well, I'm not flying. My podcast ain't shit to where people want to fly from wherever to sit here and have a conversation with me. But uh, I think what we're doing here, having like a split screen thing, kind of like kind of like the shooter's mindset, but it not be like I. The difference between what I would do and Shooter's mindset is if you want to see the or you know, hear the conversation, you have to watch the video. This is going to be complimentary, too. So it's, yeah. hey, do you want to watch it or do you want to listen to it? You got both options, you know. Right. Same thing with Joe Rogan, you know. No, that's why um, it wouldn't be super exciting being – I've been laying in a hotel bed the entire time. Well, then everybody can see your pretty face. Yeah. I mean, that's, salt, that's salt and pepper beard of yours. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. It's something I'm dealing with. Look, guys, if if y'all listen to it, if y'all think, hey, fuck it, don't worry about it, because you know you're just you're whatever. Or if you love it, if you love the idea, like, dude, I would love to watch that video. Um, see how many I beers you pound. I will then say this. Comment in Up, the Podbean app. Uploading a two-hour video to YouTube is going to take a lot of uh upload time oh yeah depending on i mean i I'm, i don't know what you're recording it in probably like 720 or 480 um i don't I even mean, fucking know that that's still probably going to take you like eight hours to upload that or 10 hours oh well yeah so 
So it would be well. So this is how, in my mind, you're right, 100%. Especially on the computer that I'm doing it on, I'd probably need to upgrade computers. Um, but what I would do is, like I normally do, hey, if I'm doing a, a Skype interview podcast, I'm doing a podcast with you right now. When we get off of this podcast, I'm gonna go and strip the audio and put it on Audacity, and then upload that to Podbean, and it will be up tonight for people to listen to tomorrow morning. Yeah. What I would do is, is then upload it when I'm done putting it on Podbean. I'd start the upload when I'm done with that, and then to YouTube, and then tomorrow morning it'd be up and released on YouTube. Or then you go over and and activate it and. Whatever the procedure is. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not going to be a, it's not going to be an instant thing where if you want to get it as soon as, as, as soon as possible, YouTube is not going to be the, the place to get it. It's going to be, it would be, you know, the actual podcast audio from Podbean or App, Apple or iTunes or, or whatever, Spotify. So, um, but I definitely think it could be because, I mean, you could actually, doing some of the podcasts we could actually start doing some demonstration stuff whether it be with the rifle or showing stuff or or you could you could yeah, throw I, in some other dynamics to it yeah and not just me sitting in a chair in front of this pretty sweet vortex banner you recognize yeah. that banner and you remember you saw that first time uh, that, that come from vprc it didn't come from vprc but it's the same damn one yeah. andy andy slade wasn't going to give up that one so i called when we got back i called nick at Vortex, I need you to send me a banner. He said, you got it. It's on the way. So <laughs> that was pretty cool. Yeah. It's cool. And, yeah, I like it. The, I need to get a desk, too. I need to get, like, a fucking desk and shit. I've got a roll-around chair I brought home from my office, and the computer's sitting on my uh, um, powder-scale uh, bench. I mean, um, stool that I sit on. So I need to get me a fucking – I need to do some work up here this year. So anyway, look, go get you some rest, dude. We'll uh, we'll wrap here in a second, so don't hang up. But anyway, appreciate everybody listening. And uh, like I said, whatever comments and thoughts you've got about the whole video thing or any other questions regarding the podcast, dude, hit it up on the Podbean app. The, my, my comments are slowing down. I need somebody to pick up on some comments. But um, anyway, appreciate everybody listening. And uh, we'll catch you next time with some cool shit. Peace.